0: Howdy, y'all. Welcome to the US preview Come Back to the Grid. Oh, boy. Someone enjoyed that wow. too much. I stumbled into that one. <laughs> oh, I was Jesus. not expecting that. Uh, I, I love catching you off guard.
1: Yeah.
0: By the way, Who's I am here? Tom. Who are you here with? Yeah, Who you here I am, with? I am Who Tom. You? My terrible American impression. Uh, I'm giggling in corners are Stu.
1: G'day. Oh, I mean,
2: howdy. <laughs> and Chris. Tom goes to an NFL game, comes back American.
0: Yeah. Heck yeah. (laughs) And that's the most American thing I'd think to say right then. That wasn't very good, was it? it. (laughs) Okay. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. We've got
1: like uh, uh, literally half of our listenership are in the USA and they've all just tuned out of this podcast. Yeah. They've all just deleted.
0: They love it. I mean, I'm sipping tea at the same time. see covering all bases. Yeah, yeah, that that ain't tea British
1: too. That ain't tea you're sipping.
0: (laughs) Um, Yes, we are going to to eventually talk about a race in America coming this weekend. However, we actually have 23 races to talk about that have been scheduled for the 2022 season. It's finally happening. I mean, I'll I'll let Chris go through it in detail, but it's basically kind of the general gist of what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, isn't it? Yes. Broadly, less, less, um,
1: yeah. W- yeah, we should we should rattle through this because we've spoken a lot about calendars. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves a bit of calendar news. Yeah.
2: Um but yeah, broadly the same. 20th races in 36 weekends, um ends November 20th, as we discussed, the earliest finish to a season in like 20 years or something ludicrous like that. Um ends on November 20th, which is the day before the World Cup kicks off in Qatar, which is no accident.
1: Wow. That's awesome!
2: I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why they've made it finish early this year because I don't want to clash the end of the season with the World Cup because people will switch off. I suppose um, there's only <laughs> two triple headers on the final calendar, not the three that were Somehow. originally rumored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, how? Um, how knows. I don't know. Uh, it does, however, include Baku and Montreal as a back-to-back in the middle of the season, which is
1: ooh,
0: yeah. ambitious. There, there's some crazy logistics when you look at it. There from, really are. Um, well, I think
1: Amelia romagna Imola to Miami is a bit of a hectic one, and then back to Spain. <laughs> yeah, seems a bit... yeah.
0: I mean, the, the the difference there though is you've got uh, two weeks to get from yeah Imola to Miami.
2: Yeah, as opposed so, to I like think,
0: I think that's the main difference. That that I think that's the bit that <clears throat> dropped people's jaws a bit was okay. Baku to Canada, yeah. yeah, four days, cool. And
2: obviously, there's also two US races at different ends of the calendar, two Italy
1: races at different ends of the calendar. Um, I don't hate that, you know. I think it'd be, I think there's a logic to them being at first, like yeah, I understand the logistics of um, having them, you know, having them so far apart when they when they're in the same country. Yeah, it's, it does seem daft on the face of it but actually from a world championships perspective, I guess, you don't yeah. want to just spend too much time in one place. You want to sort of like sp- yeah, totally. try and spread them out a bit, right? You can that, see why they've done that's it. That's their logic. of. of I think um, that's the that's the marketing way of thinking about it, isn't it?
0: I can see that for both like the American, well, the Miami, the Miami GP and then the US GP in Texas. I can see that for those being spread mm-hmm. among other reasons like to do with seasonal differences in different parts of America and stuff. But I mean, same with Italy and um, Emilia Romana. Italy and Italy. Yeah. <laughs> but the 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 one bit of that that like just sort of throws it for me is it it'd just make more logistical sense to have like Imola in that little room with Spain and Monaco. But I'm guessing there's possibly reasons they can't have Miami any earlier. Otherwise, they probably would have done that. And maybe that's like kind of where it was originally penciled and they've had to switch things around a bit
2: partially a weather thing possibly
0: yeah they're not just used formula one though either are they like these circuits are used for local european series or, or na- national series yeah. as well as other like world world championship motorsports as well
2: yeah it's not just a case of f1 barrels in and decides when it wants to have a race i mean yeah. it it's it's not is not up to a point but
0: <laughs> yeah Um,
2: Other things of note, China's uh, still missing from the calendar for the third season in a row. Um, Imola sort of taking its place. Uh, Miami, as we said, is 8th of May. Um, And then Montreal, Melbourne, Singapore and Suzuka are all returning to the calendar after two years away. Um, But we don't have Portimao or Istanbul Park as expected. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I mean, as you say, we sort of discussed the ins and outs of this at length um, a couple of weeks ago. It is more or less that. The only real difference is that missing third triple header, which is a good thing, but it's still an awful lot of races in a very short space of time. Yeah. Um, We've also had the new F2 and F3 schedule, and thankfully they've abandoned the whole alternating rounds thing they trialed this season, which just didn't work, did it,
1: really? Like, like I could try that. That was the new format. That was supposed to be like the whole thing. That was the way they were doing it. It wasn't a trial. Well, I suppose... That's very flattering of you. To Trial's about, very generous, trial. I suppose. Yeah, it was... It's a. I would call this a backtrack
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> more than a was yeah. an abandoning yeah. well, of a trial. There's two things that have changed, isn't there? There's there's obviously the fact that they're not doing the... They, they tried to separate F2 and F3 so that you had one or the other. Mm-hmm. And that's the first thing that they've changed back. Then the other thing that they've changed back is they're not doing the three race weekends anymore. Yeah. Yep. Back With to the, the old. Too. A
1: bit much for the guys. <laughs> yes. I, think, I think
0: it is quite intense, and it's it, it is a lot. I think
2: I could appreciate the logic behind the change to try and save costs and stuff within the teams, but in terms of like putting on a championship, it just didn't didn't work. Like the the huge gaps between races. I've I've never found it so hard to follow F two and F three as I have this season yeah Yeah. like
1: i think that's probably the main reason is that no no one's really people aren't keeping track of it in the way they did in the past when they were properly tracking the f1 series then they got a much 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 bigger audience and this season it's just seemed i mean i I can't think of anyone who's been watching it i've not spoke to anyone who's been watching it other than the team that work on it Um, yeah it's yeah it's just impossible to like keep track of
2: what's going on whether that's i mean that being said they have still managed to end up with a almost two-month gap between the last two races of Formula 2 next year because um, they go from Sochi to Abu Dhabi for the final two rounds. So it's going to be a long old wait for the last race. But you can also it's see... Weird, isn't it? Because
0: they didn't used to run at Abu Dhabi with the F2. The season was normally done by them because they used to... the drivers that were there were there for the young driver's test, weren't they? F2 yeah. The they've
2: done was... one or two races there. I think mm-hmm. the, the logic being if they're there for the test, might as well have them there and do a race kind of thing. But Yeah. Yeah, um, it is a sort of a bigger calendar though. So F2 is going to be at 14 um, events, giving them a total of 28 races for the season, which I believe I'm right in saying is their biggest season since it became F2. Um, you have to go back into GP two days until there's a season that big. And then F3 is going to be at nine rounds um, and they're all going to be rounds that F2 is also at. So 18 races for um, F3. I think it's a good thing. It's going to make nice. it a lot lot easier to follow. Yeah. Um, I think it also means, like it, this season, you've seen a lot of drivers. You have one bad weekend, one bad qualifying session, and that's like three races jeopardised. Which is not really how it should be. I don't think.
0: Yeah.
1: Um,
2: hmm. But yeah, positive changes. I think.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm. I, I'm already looking forward to that. I think it's just going to be so much more. It's going to be easier to keep track of. I think. Yeah. That's the main there's thing. Such a thing as, someone tell Formula One that there's such a thing as too many races. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: the the other thing, the other thing with it as well though is it's at least it's an example of trying something, and but then acknowledging this hasn't worked the way we yeah. hoped it would, and just putting it back. Like that's true. You know, they they could have tried to be stubborn about it and and stuck to their guns on this, but. Um, I think they've done the right thing in just reverting back to previous um, and and putting it back as it was. And I'm guessing they probably have seen viewership figures drop. I'm guessing that's what it is. That's probably part of
1: it. But the other part of it is just the... You remember the original thinking was to have a support race at every event. So as either F2 or F3 Mm -hmm. and... Because of the nature of going Formula One racing this season and how and, and last season, the way things are different now, if you get an event cancelled or if you get an event go wrong for whatever reason and you can't do any running, say it's wet, um, then you, you're losing. Well, that that championship is going to lose that race and it's going to end up being shuffled back a little bit, like it did with um the F3 and F2, they both yeah. end up running in Russia, and suddenly you've got to get what you know, six extra races on the surface yeah. other than F1. Yeah. And that's just, that's a really, really difficult thing. A, for them to organize, B, for the teams to keep track of, and C, for the, you know, the teams within form as well to manage that. You, you've, you've suddenly got people doing, you know, 12, 13 hour shifts to cover six races over a race yeah. weekend. Yeah. It's just it's madness. Never mind okay. when they've
2: got W Series there exactly. some weekends as well, like yeah logistical yeah. nightmare
1: it just takes one thing to go wrong and it just shunts everything back and makes a mess of the whole calendar yeah. and yep. w- whereas if you do it this way then and, and take some of those races out of the equation allowing you to have f2 and f3 on on the same weekend quite easily it just gives mm-hmm. you so much more flexibility over those races a bit more ad hoc if you do which we have seen is that that can happen and has happened and here we are exactly um what's that you want even
0: more calendar news <laughs> i mean it's our favorite segment now now it's not tie talk anymore it's, it's just calendar a calendar podcast at this rate. Yeah. it really is we've, we've ditched tie talk for calendar corner
2: <laughs> uh we've also had a new formula e calendar for next year um another record calendar they're having 16 races next year uh, with new races in indonesia canada and south korea um 16 races in 12 locations uh Styria, New York, London, and Seoul are double headers. They announced a few rule changes at the same time. Uh, they're increasing the power during races from 200 to 220 kilowatts. Um, nice. And attack mode is going to be up to 250 kilowatts. Uh, nice. They are also getting rid of the thing where, if there's a safety car or a full course yellow, they reduce the available energy the cars have to finish the race because that rule has caused some some issues shall we say over the last couple (laughs) of years one race in particular um, caused massive issues Um, instead so the races are still going to be 45 minutes plus a lap but they're going to be able to add on up to 10 minutes to the race time to make up for time under safety cars or full course yellows that was kind of neutralized race time which is kind of a different way of doing the same thing but it just feels like a much easier to understand and easier to work with way of doing
1: it it seems it's less arbitrary isn't it yeah because they're actually running on track at full power going
0: through and Weser just made a good point in chat just saying it's a bit like adding stoppage time in football Mm, it's exactly what it's like yeah. it is if anyone gets that analogy
2: and there's none of this calculating engine stuff it's just very clear like this is the amount of time that's left and and that's it Um, and there is also a brand new qualifying format
1: yes I'm so excited to talk about this. I've, have you have you seen the new qualifying? Format? I mean, do you yeah. do you
0: even understand it? You excited yeah, to talk about it? it I but do you understand it? it? I understand <laughs> it
1: exactly. It, it, it is. I will admit, like at first glance, or uh, you know, it's going to be difficult to put across verbally. <laughs> the, the it is actually quite try. simple. It's actually quite simple. But I'm going to let Chris explain. <laughs> Chris has prepared something,
2: so I've I've, I've tried to prepare for it. Um, it, it's because it's. I think it's interesting, like because we've criticised Formula E's qualifying a lot, and obviously there's a lot of talk about F1 using the pole spring qualifying and stuff. So it's always interesting to talk about qualifying formats. So the new Formula E format is as follows: to start with, they are, they have buckle up. There are two two groups. Uh, so the whole grid is split into two. Um, it's divided up based on current championship position. Um, I've not seen 100% confirmation. I think they're 10-minute sessions, but I've not seen that 100% confirmed. they are, two two 10-minute sessions, yeah. So half the grid, they all go out together, put in as many laps as you want within that 10 minutes, set your fastest time, fairly normal qualifying, just split into two sessions. The Mm -hmm. top four from each of those groups progress. Everybody else fill up the bottom, what will it be? Um, From from ninth position. Yeah, from ninth position down, basically. Fill up those positions on the grid. Based on the times they set across the two nope. sessions. No, nope. not as simple as
1: that, but carry on.
2: I oh, see, I see this is where I've read two different versions of this.
1: Okay. Well so carry on and then I'll we'll get I'll, to that. I'll
2: explain. Okay. So the eight that progress, so the top four from each group, go into mm. the quarterfinals where two cars at a time go out on track together um to set A lap time, I believe. I think it's one shot qualifying at that point. Um, but
0: yeah I believe it was one shot yeah that's face off
1: they're calling them Bit face off, face off faces, yeah. yeah. fifty so kilowatt it'll, hours
2: so it'll be fastest in group A kilowatt versus hours. fourth in uh, group B second fastest in group A versus third in group B et etc cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yep. the losers of the quarterfinals will fill spots uh, 8 based to on their times 8, seven, six, and 5 based on the times they set in those quarterfinals
1: yep correct
2: the winners of the quarterfinals go to the semis. Again, the losers fill the next two places. And then the, the winners of the semifinals go to a final to determine the top two positions on the grid. Yeah. Now, the other version of this, which I think is what you you were going to mention, Stu, is that the, the drivers that don't get through the group qualifying are given spots on the grid based on which group the winning driver comes from. Yes. Yes. So if you are in Group A and the winner of your group goes on to get pole, you get the odd-numbered side of the grid. And the, if you're in Group B and the winning driver from your group is second on the grid, you get the even-numbered spots on the grid.
1: Yes, that's correct. So, so they go. So they go down from um, what is it? From ninth down. So you'd be on the fifth yeah. row. From the fifth row back, basically. Yeah. The the. The position you finish in within your group determines where you are they're lining up each side of the grid based on that so it has nothing well it kind of has to do with their times but like someone potentially who is in say group B was way faster than group a you could have a scenario where the person on who's starting in uh tenth place actually set a faster lap time than the person who's starting in ninth place yeah. Because of the nature of the system, because it's it's, it's done in, in the order that you finish in. It's almost like a, a, not a race, but it's almost like a hybrid of kind of, it's, it's a result based, it's a result of the session based qualifying rather than an overall time. Qualifying. Yeah,
2: it's, it's like once you're, if you're knocked out in the group stages, you're then suddenly kind of going to be rooting for,
0: Everyone in your group.
2: Whoever won your yeah, group, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. It's Which kind of a... like
1: oh it's almost like a perverse team. Just,
2: yeah, like it's weird. A, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, that element I think that element of it is purely there to keep the mixed up grid element that has always been part of Formula E.
0: Do you think whoever came up with the new Formula E quality schedule has just been watching like a lot of Squid Game or something and is like, we've <laughs> <laughs> gotta make this like <laughs> As convoluted and interesting as possible with severe <laughs> yeah. consequences for failure. Well, I
1: happen, I happen to know that Sam Bird was one of the main people who was helping coming up with this qualifying. And oh, really? at, And if you look at um, <laughs> Sam Bird's Formula E career, it is, bears a lot of similarities to Squid Game. So. <laughs> <laughs> um but through no fault of his own, usually uh, by that I mean he things out of his completely out of his control have had huge effects on his not seasons. the
2: luckiest driver. No,
1: um, I'd like I like the
2: idea in principle. The whole like I love it. Yeah, it, groups I, quarter semis final thing is a cool way. It's going to make the whole of qualifying really interesting to watch.
0: It's one of those that I do look forward to seeing how it pans out. Um, my my only concern is, I mean, I suppose. Do you get casual Formula E fans? I was about to say, like, if it was an F one thing, you would risk alienate the casual fans. But
1: I don't think it's casual Formula E
0: fan such a thing. Thought, does it exist? I, thought,
1: I mean, there's such a thing. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called sprint qualifying. That Formula <laughs> thing. <didn't it? laughs> if you want to think of a way of alienating fans, we'll have qualifying, and then we'll yeah. have another qualifying session before the race. The whole like being grouped one side of the grid, and the other
2: based on the win of the group. That feels a bit arbitrary to me contrived i don't don't think that element needs to be there i don't know why they can't just have ninth to 22nd just Mm. in the time time. they set yeah Yeah.
1: i I think that would be the 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 non-formula e way of doing it but i I honestly i don't i don't hate it like i think it's kind of cool because like mixed up grids are good you know like whenever you see cars out of position in Formula One races they usually turn out to be pretty good races yeah. and I think this is designed to allow that to happen more easily allow it to, allow it so that sometimes you you do get you're more likely to get cars that are out of mm-hmm. position you, you could, you, you know, that first group, in fact it's problematic because part of the part of the reason for it actually is the first session is always going to be greener than the second session
0: yeah, so, well yeah I was about to say I group, think part of the mixing the splitting the, the two groups across the grid, either side, it's a way of attempting to mitigate that. Yeah, but, it
1: nullifies the green track thing, doesn't
0: yeah, it? Yeah, I suppose you, you're still in the order that you're fastest in your group, aren't you? So I suppose... That's, that's why it still kind of makes sense.
2: Yeah, I suppose so, because otherwise there is this a good is chance you're just going to end up with everyone in group B ahead
1: of everyone in group a
0: just because yeah. yeah yeah sorry all the way around yeah everyone in group a would be complaining
1: yeah which yeah. is so. it's so this yeah. so so kind of you know like can you see now how how great that is it is kind of brilliant it's a really clever way of solving the green track because this whole thing is about solving the green track problem because right? every that's, driver that's complained the about it yeah 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 every single driver the, the the championship was just topsy-turvy all season because you just didn't know. You, you couldn't tell who had the best car. I think Jaguar had the best car last year and you wouldn't think it because they finished somewhere in the mid... Well, Mitch Evans actually had a champion. but yeah. oh, did he win it? No, he, he didn't win it. Who won no. it?
0: No, he ought to have. Uh, Mercedes. Um,
1: Nick De Mercedes won it, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, yeah. De Vries. De Vries. Um, and Mercedes at the start of the season were not really much... They definitely didn't have the quickest car and yet somehow they managed to win the championship. And it's probably because of the lottery that qualifying was, because mm-hmm. it is notoriously difficult to overtake in Formula E. Now we've got this calendar and this, this grid set up the way it is a, it puts cars out of position. So you'll have faster cars potentially behind um, slower cars. And then B, B, it absolutely solves that problem of one group has an advantage over another. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's yeah. equal all the way through qualifying, and that is what you want. That's the fairest way of qualifying on in any series. You want a, as level a playing field as you possibly can.
2: Yeah, really. It's, it's, it's really cool. I'm really excited to see how it pans out. Um, I, mean, I don't doubt there'll be teething problems or maybe need some tweaks, but like as a, as a concept, awesome. it's um, it's really
0: interesting.
1: I can't wait to see the commentators trying to get their heads around it in the first round. I mean, it can't
0: be easy to cover live, can it?
1: It's going to take a lot of practice and a lot of room.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, they're generally pretty good in Formula E at explaining what is, in many ways, a quite complex series, but... Even then, it gets beyond them sometimes. It's Like, yeah, we get beyond most people at sometimes. times.
1: Yeah. But, um, yeah, I love it. I love the format. I'd love to know what um, people listening think about it as well, so you should all comment us.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, season begins 28th of January, so uh, the F1 season will barely have finished, and it'll be Formula E time. Yeah. Um, little time
0: off for Christmas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Last couple of bits. It is the final two races of W Series this weekend. Um, they're originally supposed to be finishing in Mexico, but they're not able to go anymore. So they're having a double header at Cota. Um, Alice Powell and Jamie Ch- Chadwick are on equal points going into the final two races. Um, and Emma Kimmelainen is still an outside bet at the title. She's 34 points behind, which is not impossible to close that gap. Um, it's been yeah. a really competitive season. So I'm really excited to see how that uh, pans out. Especially as this is... Um, first W Series season that uh, pays uh, super license points as well. So lots yes. of stake.
0: Is it from, did they say it was this season where the top eight automatically get entries to yes. next season as well? Yep. So is, lots of play nice. for all the way down the grid, actually.
2: Um, last couple of bits. Uh, Daniel Ricardo is going to be driving Dale Earnhardt's 1984 chevrolet nascar at some point over the weekend um <laughs> which was Great. basically zach brown owns that car and jenny yeah. ricardo is a huge dale earnhardt fan so when he joined the team zach brown basically said when you win, win us a race i'll let you yeah. have a go in dale earnhardt's car basically um, and this is oh, him that's cool. getting his prize deal breaker it's, yeah it's uh, very breaker. cool
1: now we I, know why he joined mclaren
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is he was genuinely like a, a little bit of a Enticement as well because I was watching a I was watching a thing I can't remember what it was on it was like it was a thing about specifically about Zach Brown's collection of cars though and it's impressive and the one thing I found really interesting about it is he says every single car that he owns has to have had a win in class in um in its era Mm -hmm. so like it kind of won like a classic rerun or anything every single car he owns won at least one race in its class whilst it was a race car which yeah. is really impressive um, I'll tell you what That's you saw cool. that on
2: it is um Jodie Kidd I was about who, to say I think yeah. it was
0: Jodie Kidd <laughs> Jodie yeah. Kidd who um
2: probably a very UK specific reference I think she she was a supermodel I believe um but she's also like a huge like yeah. car head um she's like entered races and stuff over the years I think but
0: basically she's a decent she, driver
2: Yeah, but she has a YouTube series called Kid in a Sweet Shop where she basically goes to people with car collections and looks at them. So there's one episode where she's with Zach Brown at the United Autosports headquarters, I guess. Yes. Looking around his personal car collection, which is where the Dale Earnhardt one is. And there's also two episodes now of her with him at McLaren Technology Centre. The first one is looking at all the cars on the kind of boulevard, as they call it, out the front. And then the second one, which I think actually only came out today, is... Out in the kind of hidden uh, back secret rooms at McLaren Technology Center with all the other cars, um, fascinating, well worth
0: watching. Like, I'm I'm heading back to that YouTube channel then because I've only seen the one where it's his personal collection that we, I was talking about. The McLaren so ones. Very. I did cool not realize as well. he was in more. I need to, yeah, yeah. to
2: see those. Yeah. Well worth watch. Well worth watch. Um and in you know, Zach Brown news um he also promised Peito Award when he won his first IndyCar race he would get a F1 test um so Peito Award was at McLaren in the last week or so um for a seat fitting and a simulator run and he's going to be doing um a post season test at Abu Dhabi in I believe this year's F1 car which is very cool um so- I like
0: I like this I like this side of Zach Brown I mean I like Zach Brown in general to be fair yeah like but he- I do li- I do like this that, like he's He's got these things in place where he's like, Look, if if you win a race in your series, you can have this thing that you really yeah. want. Here's all these and cars. Then, but then which but then one do you he, want to drive? Yeah, it's not it's not like Cyril are beatable, if you get a podium <laughs> I'll get to and then flake on it. This oh is my like God. this is genuine like you can have this thing and he makes sure it happens for them. Like they're real incentives and I think that's quite like or, especially when they are what they are yeah. as well. Like these are impressive it's things. It's not to a bad incentive. incentive. Not bad at all.
1: Zach Brown's a pretty cool dude, eh? Yeah. He is. Like there were these like
2: rumblings in the last week or two that um LD, rather than build an F one team from scratch, um, wanna just like buy into an existing team or people were suggesting that McLaren were like the best place team for a big manufacturer like that to come in and buy. And I dunno, I can't I just can't see Zach Brown going down that route. Like, every time you see him talk about McLaren, talk about the history and how he grew up as a fan, and that's why he wanted to get involved. Like, I really believe him when he says that. And I really can't yeah. see him just selling it all to the highest bidder kind of thing. I'd, I'd, mm. I'd be extremely surprised if that, that ever happened. Yeah. Unless like, it was like literally to save McLaren. Like, that's the only reason I can yeah. see him
0: ever going down that route. I mean, yes, he is a businessman at heart, but he's way more invested in this than just purely at a business level isn't he he's like like he he strikes me as the kind of person that feels that McLaren is almost like a like a kind of family inherited team like Mm because he strikes me as the kind of person that's grown up watching and supporting that team and to the point where like it's it's an honor for him to have got to the position that he's got more than just a business opportunity
2: yeah like when you see him like Show people around the car collection he just like rattles off these stats and history about all of these cars and it's like he, he knows that stuff like he lives that stuff He he's a genuine fan of of the team and the history and everything and it's yeah. it's nice i like i like the guy a lot
1: yeah I, he's grown on me loads and loads and loads over yeah the, over the well how many like time now actually in probably months. isn't it yeah, yeah he's...
0: five years will it be now I mean, I mean, it was there, it was there during Alonso here, wasn't it? Time so? is
2: such a vague concept at this point. Did you know that next year is going to be the 10th race at Cirque of the Americas? Yeah. Can that's... you believe a decade I, of
1: races there almost? That's mad. I remember the first one there. Yeah. It was like a thing. I remember like that, that first race at, at Kota was... I looked at that the same way that I look at um, the race that we just had in Zandvoort, how like... Oh, everyone else is gonna to have to step up their game because Zandvoort was epic. Yeah, yeah. I had that same attitude towards the yeah. first USA Grand Prix. Like that made like everyone really else sort of have to make it on more a show. of an event. Yeah. yeah, put on a proper show. Remember the Pirelli? years? Are you sure it's been ten years? Yeah, yeah.
2: Next next year will be the tenth anniversary.
1: Next. Oh, so this is the ninth. Yeah, running of. Yeah, yeah. The USA Grand Prix is mm-hmm. ah, crazy. I need to fact check that really quick. It's honestly
0: it's right. Hundred percent. Check it. The first one is the one that Lewis won, and that was with,
2: with 2011 with the um, the Pirelli. Sorry, Pirelli Air Cowboy
1: hats on the podium. Yeah, so that's hectic. Anyway, oh, it is, it's crazy. Um, I believe you. I'm going to believe you. So we can you of our lives. <laughs> you <laughs> have to believe it.
2: Um, and that's about it for news. I mean, we we, we talked about Zach Brown <laughs> great, for like great ten segue, minutes. Chris. So <laughs> I'd love great. to say
1: there's more exciting things going on, but there's not. We should probably do some storylines then, shouldn't we? Going into yes, um, yes. The, the hashtag USAGP. Oh, is it hashtag USAGP or is it hashtag United States US. Grand Prix US GP? USGP? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, feels- they they will, will call be the used. United States Grand
0: Prix. Yeah, they,
1: so. they guaranteed all. I mean, Formula One will have their one that they want everyone to use and then everyone will just go off. And, um, so, storylines. Will Bottas continue his run of form and have an impact on a crucial race weekend for Mercedes.
0: I'm trying to think of his form here to be brutally honest with you? Um, because this is always one of those circuits where whenever it turns up, regardless of car, I think Lewis Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... He, he likes it here, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he won to. that opening like a... one in the McLaren that wasn't really a race-winning car at the time. Yeah. Mm. And still managed it. Seb's had one, which was mm-hmm. the one after.
1: Raikkonen had one.
0: Raikkonen got one recently. In fact, Bottas Bottas won the last one, didn't he? Bottas
2: did win last year. I, I forgot about this, but he did win. Sorry, not last not year. Last yeah. year, before.
0: Yeah, it, it was the last race. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So the Mercedes, you know, it's got the goods around this circuit. So mm-hmm. we're expecting the, the the point of this story is we're expecting them to be in the mix for the win. Both Mercedes and Mercedes kind of need Bottas to be up there in second as rear gunner for hamilton in order to help hamilton seal this deal there's only what six points between um i think hamilton six points behind Verstappen right now so that extra little bit of buffer between you know if you can get verstappen down to third rather than second or even further back if depending on what happens at mercedes hands really but have your two cars beat your main championship rival that's route one you need that so that's what they're obviously going to be gunning for. They need they need Bottas to show up and continue to do a really really good job this weekend. Yeah, they need him second for sure. Um, the next storyline is will Red Bull dial out their Turkish setup woes and take the fight to Mercedes and Silver Arrow. T-? Yeah. So it- yeah, like all through dry dry practice uh Turkey, they really really couldn't get any front end on Verstappen's car. Um and they didn't really seem to ever get on top of it. So, I mean, luckily for them, it rained anyway. So all the this work they yeah. did kind of went out the window at that point. But still, it's got to be a worry for them, I think, going into a circuit where they're already expecting to be a bit, a bit of a disadvantage. They need all hands on deck this weekend to make sure they get that card dialed in as quick as they can so they'll put up as much of a fight as possible.
0: Yeah, honestly, I think this is a weekend of damage limitation for them. Yeah. To be honest, it's a proper Mercedes
2: stronghold here, um, yeah,
1: and Mercedes have got some straight line speed, but they've yeah. been lacking pre-sort of Hungary. They were lacking a bit of a straight line speed in comparison with the Red Bull, and now you've got you know Christian Horner going on to people about how the Mercedes is faster with no DRS by fifteen k's <laughs> or something. Um, yeah, obviously there's games being played, and always they're definitely like I think there's a definite. Not a fear, but there's a definite, there's a really clear threat now from Mercedes that maybe didn't exist four or five races ago. So Red Bull must be thinking we need to, yeah, like you say, damage limitation. We need to get, we need to minimize the damage to Max's championship in this race in the hope that Mercedes don't have such an advantage that they're going to make life difficult for them in in Mexico and in Brazil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, big time damage limitation. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Um, the Ferrari McLaren fight is heating up. Who will come out on top this weekend as Ferrari continue to show good form? This is a spicy one, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah, This is is really heating up. Um, how did Ferrari get on at Silverstone this year? I feel like the race for uh, for the bulk of it with Leclerc. They They did. did. And McLaren struggled a bit, and I'd say if you're going to compare Cota to anywhere, Silverstone's Mm. probably one of the closer circuits in terms of characteristics.
0: It's Silverstone with some long straights.
2: Yeah, Um, yeah. I've got a feeling Ferrari are going to be the quicker of the two teams again this weekend.
1: What's the what's McLaren's sort of previous like? McLaren. Oh, they didn't. McLaren had a good season. I guess McLaren have only got one previous season that you can really throw into the mix because they're a hard team to look back on, aren't they? Yeah, they've yeah. only been that, like, really good this last two seasons. So. Um, they were 79th I mean, last, could, uh, sorry, 79th
2: in 2019.
1: I, I should caveat that in recent years before they yeah, yeah. <laughs> murdered. murdered. <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, I mean there's, there's a similar thing with um, Ferrari as well, yeah, isn't true. there? Because they, yeah, the, that Raikkonen win a few years ago here at Kota, that was the one before the oil burning thing, wasn't it? That was yeah. the last one. Yes, it if was I remember actually right. And it's then they, they made time. they made the changes and they suffered for the remainder of that season and then heavily into the next one. Uh,
1: but yeah, Ferrari, you know, Ferrari looking good. They've got new engine in Science's car. I think Leclerc's already got a full pool of engines as well. Like well, a full pool of it, you know, like a full enough engines to get into the Yeah, end I of think they've set themselves up. They took a penalty a bit a couple of yeah. a couple of races ago, didn't they? So um yeah, Ferrari are set up for the rest of the season. They've got a freshest engine in Science's car. And the two McLarens, we've not heard much about McLaren engines, so you do wonder if they're gonna, if maybe McLaren might take a penalty, m- might take another engine this race um, if they, if they don't think they're going to do well. I don't know, like it'll be it's be very are hard, to, to, have hard a to
0: read component. Yeah, I'm not sure how they are on components
2: this mm. season. Um, they've not really had much of the way of reliability troubles, off the top of my head, have
1: they, McLaren this year? No, but the Mercedes engine hasn't been bulletproof. Well, no. as bulletproof as what it has been in previous seasons, you know we've had failures on the yeah. uh, Aston Martin of Vettel. Oh no! Of course, they uh, Ricardo took a new one last race, didn't he? Okay. Oh well, that that makes it really interesting. They're almost like tied for yeah position, so it's just going to yeah. be who's got the best car for this circuit. And you Absolutely guys both think Ferrari, then? I think Ferrari are going
2: to be ahead this race. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know. I, I think that I think that you might end up seeing like a like a staggered two for two. You know, like
1: maybe, yeah, uh, like a it was like a science Norris Ricardo Leclerc kind of yeah, like
0: like essentially the the four of them mixed up between each other like a zip. Like I think it will be pretty close.
1: So we've spoke about Ferrari versus McLaren. Ferrari versus Ferrari is another storyline situation. You know, we've got Leclerc and Science both separated by half a point in the championship. Mm. I think this one's one that's been it's kind of been brewing all season, like. I think going into this season we said it was going to be spice between those two between Sainz and Leclerc and here we are at the getting towards the tail end of the of the season and they are literally, there's nothing between them half a point between not even a full point between the two Ferrari drivers. I'm excited to see how this one plays out. I think there could be fireworks. I
2: was going to say I think
1: you get the impression
2: that the Ferrari drivers are um care more about beating each other than the McLaren drivers do. And I think that yeah. might end up being the difference between the two teams come the end of the season is that the Ferraris end up getting in each other's way and McLaren
1: work together a little more for the the team goal kind of thing. I've definitely seen haven't seen science smile much. <laughs> I will say that. Hmm. I don't know whether that's because he's at Ferrari or whether that's just <laughs> because he's he, maybe he's just hyper focused on beating his yeah because He's trying to tune out distraction just getting on with the job. He's had a lot to smile about this season. He's had a, he's having a really really good year, but
2: yeah, he'll yeah. um he'll probably he'll smile at coming the end of the season. I think looking back on it for sure, if he yeah. beats his teammate, he will. Yeah, even if he doesn't, I think he's been that close, and I think that's more than most
1: people mm. gave him credit for. He'll definitely smile more if he does beat Leclerc, but. I mean, there's only so much you can smile about when you beat the most overrated driver. In the oh, here we world go. Numbers,
0: <laughs> I love, I love how Stu has like a plethora of catchphrases. I know, right?
1: Show. It's the only <laughs> show I do, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> just kiss them all up for this one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, final storyline of the week: Will Alonso try anything, something, anything into turn one this week? Shenanigans, Alonso shenanigans, shenanigans. Yeah, Alon- Alonso shenan's. It's yeah. I mean.
2: It's a there big were some old.
1: There stewards last week. There was some. There was some. There's some questionable, reactive stewarding. Mm. I thought last week in response to things. Alonso might yeah. have been saying. It felt that way. I don't know. Maybe if he'd not said them, they'd have still made those anyway. I am not sure they would have been as harsh on those drivers as they were if Alonso had not
2: made. Especially it... Alonso was the one on the receiving end of it. Yeah, yeah.
1: they must have this... been rubbing their hands together at the start of that race. Like, right, keep an eye on Alonso. If, if he does anything, we're having him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, this is one of the ones where running out wide on the exit of turn one usually gets people a five-second penalty, doesn't it? Even on the opening lap.
2: In the past, is I, it has. Yeah, it,
0: has it? People have definitely run wide and been seen to maintain an advantage by but doing that. But
1: they're lengthening the track by running that far wide into turn it's one, allowing
0: allowing them to keep their footing. I yeah, because turn yeah, one the turns a bit of a car park, it? doesn't it? Yeah. That's that's the reason for it. I guess but, I mean, it's
1: such a wide corner. There's so many lines through there that there's plenty. Of, you could have like four wide all oh, the yeah. I love that get corner. Through it. Yeah, it's rad, isn't it? It's, it's cool. bloody yeah.
2: hard to get right, but when you do, it feels so good. Because you're literally like picking a braking point uphill and tu- you're even turning in before you can actually see the apex of the corner. Like You have to learn yeah. your and turning point. It's super late,
1: super, super late braking, Yeah, though, isn't it? because uphill. So you just yeah. you just like digs the ca- the front of the car right into the So much the fun. Great, yeah, and, um, and they can really slam on the anchors in those kind of Just give it the full braking. I yeah. might need to go and drive some laps actually after we're done here. <laughs> yeah, sound much... like you want to, Chris. I love that track; it's so much fun to
2: drive. <laughs> so, with all that in mind, is it time to move? It is. Yes. Uh, we've 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 got some stuff to talk about first, though, with predictions.
1: Oh God. Yeah. Um, who who wants to tackle have... this? this? This is the part of the podcast I'm looking forward to. We don't have to. I don't. Have, we should, definitely shouldn't dwell on it. We should just.
0: No, I think Tell, tell I think the in, facts, say it as it is, and then we'll, short, we'll get on with it. The easiest way to put this is we have had to null and void both Russia and Turkey. Yeah. Mainly because yeah. hosting provider lost half of Russia's data unretrievably. Yeah. Um
1: which we had back which we did have backups for.
0: We did, yeah. And they lost those they, as well. They lost those as well. So. Brilliantly. So that hosting provider is no more. <laughs> the site <laughs> is now <laughs> elsewhere and we will be continuing as per normal but i'm sorry sorry to everyone that went to the effort of emailing the predictions because like there was a good number of you that did send the emails as we requested um but because we didn't have the records of everyone had sum- who'd submitted them before the emails it was unfair to use the emails and then because of the data that we lost for Russia it was unfair to keep the data that was still there and yeah we do it yeah. It's just easier to null and void both Well, that, that,
1: the fair—that's the the fairest yeah. way to do it—is to yeah. null and void do- those two. Yeah. We're just going to not count those as as events that happen and we're going to carry on as normal from the USA Grand Prix. So, with that in yeah. mind, let's let's make some predictions.
0: Fastest <laughs> to Q three, gentlemen. Is anyone not going to say Hamilton? I am going to say Hamilton. <laughs>
1: <laughs> of course, Hamilton. Every time I don't predict Hamilton, he does it. So I'm. going <laughs> to it's
2: been it's been the hardest season. Like years gone by, it's just been like double ham most weeks, and yeah, this season's yeah. been much harder. But on this occasion, it's absolutely Hamilton. Yeah.
1: In years gone by, you could have won the predictions league just by doing double ham yeah. across the <laughs> yeah, entire season. Yeah, you probably could. And didn't probably didn't get we do a little
0: bit of math as to if you just went double ham every week blindly? how many points you would have had versus how many yeah, points I think we, we did have. I think one year. Yeah. And we would have all been better off if we'd have just blindly <laughs> gone double Hamilton every week.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Um, uh, next
0: winner, week. is anyone not doing the double ham now? We've just discussed it. Yeah, no, it, if it
1: is. It's, 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 it's Hamilton. It's got to be. I think at this point in the week, as we record on Monday night, having not seen any running on the track, it's hard to yeah. see past double ham, especially based on the last race, the qualifying in the last Yeah.
0: Watch okay, McLaren be
1: uh, P one in FP one and two
0: now. <laughs> see this. This is the thing though. When when things like that happen and McLaren like just pop up in into these top positions, I'm actually happy about well, losing yeah, exactly. prediction points because I'm just happy to see it. So, yeah. um But first DNF. This is this is one where we can actually like predict something. I guess <laughs> first DNF. Chris, any thoughts? Mm-hmm.
2: Just gonna wildly scan the list, and I'm gonna say, "Oh, do you know what name I'm drawn to?" And I have absolutely no reason for it. Gone. Perez.
0: Ooh. Ooh!
2: No, no, no!
0: Just no, saw 30. his name and we're drawn no. to it. No, Perez. I'm not.
1: I'm not. I'm not having that. my friend. I mean, it's there. Said it. No.
0: I mean, you're welcome to say someone different to you. You don't have to say the same one. So. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> also, scanning the list of drivers, that I'm gonna go. Oh, um, I'm not going to say Stroll because he's, he's kind of kept his nose quite clean this season and they've got Mercedes and should in the okay. Williams have both been fine for most of the season. The Hondas are all running well, so just leaves the Horses and the Romeos. Um Ax is a clean season. Raikkonen. Oh,
0: that means you're with me. <laughs> oh, I'm sticking, like- sticking to my guns if I'm saying Raikkonen until it happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing it. <laughs> So I'm, I'm reckoning two. Oh Stu, our prediction's gonna end up really similar, I reckon. Number of finishes. Go on, Stu, I'll let you go first on this.
1: Uh how many at the last one? Um, 18, I think. Yeah, 18. Two and ago. 20 cars finished at the last race as well in the wet mm-hmm, turkey. Yeah. It was bizarre. Ooh. Uh I'm gonna go for the magic seventeen then. Seventeen. That's my it's been my go-to for most of this. Chris 19.
0: Okay. Um
1: there's an obvious gap for you to slot
2: into there. Yeah, I,
0: I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Oh, I'm going with you 18. I'm doing it. I yeah, was going he's, he's done I, it. He's done it. I nearly went 19, but I'm going to go 18. Filthy. Um, okay, and then generate as a random driver, please. Yes. I'll say generate one. Tell us which of the remaining random drivers. Yeah,
2: there's is. not many. It is. We've already talked about quite a
1: lot. Mr. Carlos Sainz. Ooh. Ooh, okay. Optimum visit. Uh, I have an answer.
0: <laughs> I have an answer too. I don't yet. Mine um, is sixth. Ah, oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> you think the same?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go seventh now.
0: Okay, I'll be very peeved if. I'm going to go
1: fourth. fourth.
0: Ooh,
2: I've already said Perez is gonna retire.
1: Yes, yeah, so you think. Yeah, yeah No. It, oh well, wow.
2: That's it, and I've already said Ferrari are going to be faster than McLaren so yeah, I'm sticking yeah. to my
0: guns. Oh, it's, yes. it, it matches the entire analysis that you've provided this episode, Chris. Which you're means to then the whole thing will then fall to pieces. If you're anything, you are consistent. <laughs> <laughs> so that is that. Um, so yes, if you would like to join in, head to backofthegrid.com, which is working this week. I hope <laughs> at the time that you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah if you're not already registered register join in if you have already registered even though we've sort of these problems and moved hosting and stuff your old account still works so no need to re-register or anything so just sign in as per usual and, yep. get involved. and it's
1: always worth entering even if it's your first one because there's a prize for uh, five correct answers a clean, or a clean sweep as we like to call it mm. um, so yeah get your answers in as soon as you can
0: Time to take just a moment away from this week's episode to talk to you about the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped. It includes their new lawnmower version 4, the waterproof trimmer with advanced skin-safe technology, and it now even comes with a travel lock, meaning no more embarrassing activations in airports and the like. You can get 20% off the package by heading to manscaped.com and using the code BOTG. You will also get free shipping on the whole box. It also includes the nose and ear hair trimmer known as the weed whacker as well as the crop reviver toner and their crop preserver deodorant. Manscaped are trusted by over 2 million customers worldwide and that includes the three of us. So remember if you want to get 20% off the brand new performance package 4.0 head to manscaped.com and use code BOTG. That's manscaped.com and code BOTG. Now it is time for... Is. Uh, keep me saying now. Stay, stay out. Amen.
1: <laughs> hey, you know, even now, after all this time having that, I still hear different things in it. Like <laughs> It's got layers. Time after time. It's got so many layers to it. I love it. <laughs> Who's doing the first question? Uh, you are. Me, okay. <laughs> um, Sarah asks, if you had to pick one moment or one race in your f1 history in inverted commas to relive what would you pick i've Oof. i actually read this earlier and i've got my answer already
0: go on if you've so got an answer I'll, you, i will start you do that gives us time to guys, think
1: i'll monologue while you guys think yeah um my race that i would go back to and everyone's gonna say oh typical fanboy blah 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 <laughs> um it will be hamilton's first championship because and not because and not the Brazil for the race reason. itself. Yeah, the Brazil yeah. race itself. Not because it was Hamilton's first championship, though. Because I was. It was my last. I think my last year of uni. It was, and I lived with some of my best mates. And I was also and, there. And Chris was there. Yeah, Chris <laughs> was also there. And um, <laughs> it sounded so disparaging. I didn't mean it. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't I mean, even think of that joke to say it. <laughs> and yet i managed to well you said it for me and i could. anyway um yeah i was just there with it was such a, it was a really really tense moment and that 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 race was a real roller coaster it was up and down you didn't know what was going to happen it was it started to rain at the end it was if you've never seen it i'm sure you've all seen it but if you're new to Formula one and you've never seen brazil 2008 um i think it was 8 was it yeah yeah it was 8 yeah, 2008. Yeah, 2008 if you've never seen that go on youtube go it'll be it's it's around on the internet i'm sure it's on the f1 just search brazil 2008 and you'll see what a hectic end to that race was no one knew what the result was and we were all sort of baited breath at the end of that race has he won it has he not won it what's what's happened kind of thing and we eventually found out that he had done it and we collectively everyone in the room were jumping up and down in that room and that's that's a even since then I've not I've never jumped up and down at a Formula One that was properly <laughs> like that. Like that was pure relation and, and super, super excitement. It was like watching England do win a penalty shootout. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. That's rare. the
1: equation. Like
0: yeah, rare. Yeah. It's it's funny because the emotions you're describing there are similar to the race that I have in question. And if I could go back to relive it, which is the key part, I think, as in rewatch it. Not knowing the outcome—that's that's basically what we're talking about—is it like mm-hmm. relive the rollercoaster of emotions? It's always going to be Canada 2011. Always yeah. will be. Very but just bad. because so that's the, the Button the, win. That, yeah. yeah, for for specifics, it's the Jensen Button going through the pit like six times. Yeah, ending up being last at one point and hitting the pit wall and all sorts of stuff, and still somehow the race.
1: Yeah, also the uh, longest race on F- in F one yeah. history, I believe.
0: Yeah. Um and it's the similar emotions that you were talking about like when he went past Vettel to win that race well to take the lead of that race uh, it was a very similar moment like I, I I sort of still remember it quite vividly of being sat in my mum and dad's front room watching it with them because I'd just like happened to go around to watch it at their house that weekend. My mum's always been a big Jensen fan as much as I have and It's one of the only times I've ever sworn in front of my mum as well. I was like, I was like, get get the f in like as you went past (laughs) battle and she didn't even like bat an eyelid. She was just like elated herself, so (laughs) didn't even know she was so excited. She didn't notice the the obscenities
1: spewing from your mouth.
0: But yeah, that was it was a a rollercoaster of emotions watching that race as a Jensen fan specifically
1: um i'm gonna gonna top that chris
2: i'm gonna go for sort of a weird combination of both of yours which is um in fact it is 12 years ago to the day as we sit and record this was brazil 2009 jensen winning the world championship not because like it wasn't nearly as tense and to the wire as the two that you described like he was still fairly tense because he had to come back from like 15th on the grid or something to get into like the top five so it was was tense I remember him like trying to pass Kobayashi for a number of laps and he's not an easy guy to pass and it being very tense but it was more just like it was a proper it, it was like the fairy tale ending that was promised at the beginning of the season um it was proper just like elation seeing him and seeing
1: Braun win that title yeah yeah that was a that that's probably next on my list actually yeah that one
0: Yeah, because
1: it had been brewing for the whole time. Like that mm -hmm. whole storyline had been running for, and you know, no one was sure that he was going to win it that scene because they didn't win a race after halfway through (laughs) the season. Yeah, I will say though, I think that it was the last. They might have won the last race, but it was it was right at the beginning of the Red Bull domination period. It just yeah, it was the the seasons following that were the Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull. mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. I will say though, as, as much as that's the one I've picked, I. The, the Hamilton 2008 one, I remember vividly exactly where I was, which seat yeah. in that room I was yeah, sat in, I like do. for
1: that at that moment, like that is seared in my memory forever. That yeah. moment, I remember like the lighting conditions in the room. <laughs> I remember like how brightly lit the room. Just that's everything a, about it is like absolutely picture perfect. That's a core cool memory. Yeah,
0: <laughs> big time. I think we all done well now. Uh, really very a great question that's a
1: brilliant question thank you Sarah
0: that was a Really <laughs>
2: good. Question. next the spectacularly named your nan's fear panda um, <laughs> we're going, to to going a little bit serious with this one um, oh, do you think the recent video circulating of max saying his favorite purchase since scoring a large contract is his girlfriend will have a negative effect on him publicly Um, so for anyone who doesn't know the context of this it was one of these do a video call meet your drivers and someone asked him that question what's your favorite purchase since you became an f1 driver or something and he thought for a second and said his girlfriend to which perez and the people on the call who were i will also add were predominantly
1: predominantly women yeah. yeah yeah
2: sort of teenage i would i would guess from what i saw women as well all kind of awkwardly laughed and it was all very strange. Um, Yeah, it was weird. And sadly, the answer is no. I don't think it's going to have a negative effect in the slightest because... No. It's just going to get brushed under the carpet because that's kind of... Do you know what? I was about to to say that's the Red Bull way. It's not. That's the F1 way. Yeah. It's not a Red Bull thing. It's a a F1 team thing is you brush this stuff under the carpet.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I I think the thing to remember, and I'm not defending him, but the thing to remember is he's a Formula One driver and not, a, not a, a, he's not necessarily, he's a young guy and you say things sometimes and you think they're funny and actually they might not be as funny as you think. I'll, I'll, I don't I'll, think he, I don't think he meant, I think it was just a shit joke. I don't think. Yeah, he I think it was a bad joke. Though. There was, any was mali- any, anything malicious in it, but it was a crap it, joke
0: there's a slightly different version of the same joke that a footballer once made. And I think that's sort of maybe the angle he was going for. And it was when Peter Crouch was once asked, what do you think you'd be if you weren't a footballer? And he said something along the lines of still a virgin or yeah. something like, as in girls wouldn't that's, have been interested yeah. in mixing with that football. And that's I think in, to, to try and be like devil's advocate about it? it. I think that's the angle Max was going for as in, I wouldn't have my girlfriend if I didn't have, like, the, the fame and, and stuff that like I have now, because she wouldn't have known who I was. And mm-hmm. I think yeah, maybe. maybe that's the angle he was going for, and it's just very poorly worded. Yeah. And I'd, yeah. I'd hope to give him the benefit of the doubt on that. But, yeah, I mean, the, the the best way to deal with it from his side is to just say, I'm sorry if, you know, anyone's taken offence to the words yeah, unintended. Yeah. apologies. Won't happen again. Like, it just needs to acknowledge it. Brushing it under the carpet is not a good thing to no. do.
1: Or just let the PR team brush it under the carpet. <laughs> but they just don't see about-
2: yeah. Red Bull. Don't seem interested in that either. From like, you know, it's been a few days now, and there's just been nothing. Just,
1: just. Well, that's the best way to let it get- That's the worst, best way to brush it under carpet. Just don't even acknowledge it.
2: Mm. Yeah, but no, I disagree. The best I mean, way, the best way to deal with it is the best way to deal with it is to acknowledge that you said something stupid and apologize and like move yeah. on. Yeah, like, like no, that's it,
1: the grown up way of dealing well, with it. Well, yeah, that's it, not the, necessarily the best way of dealing with it. It's the grown up way of dealing with it. It's exactly what you're saying. That's what it's, it's the right way to deal with it. But yeah. is it the best way to to manage the situation? You know, it, that's, it, the jury's really out on that one.
2: It, it's interesting because it brought to mind do you remember it was years ago now lewis hamilton put a video on instagram or whatever i think it was like his nephew or something running around in a dress and he was all like what you doing little boys don't wear dresses blah blah and a lot of people were like Mm -hmm. that's a little bit small mind like you know hamilton got dragged through the mud for that but you know he he always gets way more stick than um any other driver, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, but you know, yeah. off the back of that, he like kind of held his hands up and was like, "Yeah, I got that wrong." And over the years, as like you know educated himself and sort of changed his ways. And yeah. is recently wore a
1: dress himself, actually, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as, as yeah, like that's not a joke. He genuinely, yeah, genuinely did. What, did. Was yes, basically, a dress at the that was it the art fair thing. What, what was the thing? Um,
2: at the Met, I think Met in the Gala or something like? Yeah, Gala, that yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um off. so it's it's interesting it's like a. i don't know there's like a level of um self-reflection and self-criticism and growing as a person that that happened there that from what i've seen of max verstappen over the years i don't have much confidence that we will see let's put it that way
1: yeah mm. because yeah well like yeah yeah that's uh, but i don't think we really need to say much more about it no honest. It's just it, to me. It was just a really, really, really crap joke. Yeah, <laughs> that's, it, I, that's yeah, the way I did it. it was.
2: Wrong joke. It was wrong, wrong audience. Wrong. Yeah, poorly handled.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Yep. Uh, moving on. Wesley says, of the non-front runners, who would you say is in for a particularly good weekend at COTA? Well, my
1: girlfriend. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: is she going to Austin? Is she? <laughs> 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 Um, good joke
1: good joke see that's because it's disparaging
0: <laughs> um, I mean it depends on who you consider front runners as well, well and that's yeah. the actual question
2: <laughs> I mean um, based on my through line for the whole podcast um, the answer's got to be Carlos Sainz I suppose because <laughs> I've yeah, said he's going to th- come
0: forth I'm, I'm sort of going more in the Danny Mick camp because um, yeah. other than having like mechanical issues my memory serves that he's always kind of gone pretty well here and he usually outdoes his teammate, for example, and so on. So mm-hmm. I think if out of the if we're basically saying the front runners are Mercedes and Red Bull, then I would say Danny Rick.
2: I'm I'm sticking to my guns and saying the Ferraris. I can't see the likes of sort of Alpine or Aston Martin having the best of times at this circuit, I don't think. Um and
1: we all were we already know.
0: <laughs>
2: Alpha Tauri is a due a good result as well. Yeah,
0: Gasly. they
2: have had yeah. I've had, I've had some unlucky. Gasly in particular has been quite. Unlucky Gasly's recently. been up and down, hasn't yeah. he?
1: sonoda has been mostly less down. Good than what would <laughs> have liked. Yeah. Um I think non You could see Vettel have a good race. I think I think Vettel could do yeah. all right field. I don't he's think generally gone well in Ferrari's the past or, Yeah. He's not going to beat Ferrari I'd be surprised if he's beating Ferraris and McLarens but he might be the best of the rest. Yeah. Um, and also, I apologise profusely for my initial engine. <laughs> I've taken some. I've have, have, ta- have a time to reflect. See, there we I can go. See how so easy. Might might have offended myself.
0: Turn <laughs> to read the next one.
1: <laughs> oh, it's me. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, Michelle. Michelle's back. Um, how do you think Ferrari will feel if Carlos ends up with more points than Charles? Their golden ball. It's a good question. That
2: um, I. N- the the history of Ferrari says that if they if Ferrari have like a front-running car next year, I think they may well have some headaches with that driver pairing. Um and I think Mercedes are potentially in the same boat next year as well, with Russell joining Hamilton. Um mm. if the new rule set doesn't give us one or two runaway teams and we have a few teams able to win races, then that probably sets up quite nicely for Verstappen because I think Ferrari and Mercedes are going to have a, a difficult time with two very closely. Well, I don't know. Russell and Hamilton, close to the match, is probably pushing it, but I certainly think I get the feeling Russell's going to give Hamilton maybe a harder time than recent years and ferrari certainly are going and to have like us, yep. yeah Ferrari certainly are going to have yeah. two very very closely matched drivers and if they're able to be fighting for wins that's going to be a tricky situation to manage
1: but how will ferrari feel they will feel like
2: the um solid number two driver they employed is uh getting ideas above his
0: station mm. <laughs>
2: um i genuinely don't think they expected him to be as close to leclerc as he is no yeah so
1: they'll have Maybe a bit of egg on their face. I mean, I mean, well, I mean that's that's what the question is: will, will Ferrari have egg on their face if in a way the two it's, driver beats the number one driver? That's, that's what's It's it's like that.
2: it's a nice problem to have. It is like, oh no, we have yeah. two world class drivers able to win races. But <laughs> a lot of yeah, other yeah. teams would kill for that. But if you are, if they're then you know chipping away at each other and letting someone else lead the championship, then it's not a great situation. Yeah, fascinating. And also, Ferrari are
1: only capable of running one driver strategy at a time. History has shown, race. hasn't it? Science is just doesn't need. nervous. Is what, is what <laughs> I,
0: would, uh, I feel like science is proving he doesn't need Ferrari strategy because he just does it himself and still finishes yeah. above the driver that gets the strategy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, bring my own that's strategy. the best
1: thing you can do. Yeah, I'll bring my own yeah. strategy. I, I'll run the strategy from my office, <laughs> <laughs> of the car. <laughs> uh next
2: coryzilla zombie killer it's been, it's been a good uh, week for names again um i might be in the minority as a fan but personally i feel like 23 is way too long a season uh i'm also american and i see the miami race to be nothing but for the money and the logistics of traveling to america twice is ridiculous what number of races do you feel is a perfect amount for a season both for the team and for fans
1: i flip-flop with this like sometimes i'm like let's have loads of races another time and then I'll go to work and (laughs) let's have less races. Um, Perfect number of races. Probably, I think 23 maybe is one or two too many. I think anything between 20 and 22 is for me feels about right.
0: Mm. Mm. I I, I I was kind of ballpark 18 to 20.
2: I've always like thought 20 and then have a few of the slots on the calendar as being like rotating ones so you can have yeah, your, big, your big money exactly. big ticket races that are there every year and then you have two or three slots maybe even more that the likes of Imola, Portimao, Istanbul Park those sort of circuits even the, the German circuits as well that can't afford to be yeah. on the calendar full time rotating and out maybe they all do every like third year or something I think that would yeah, be like yeah. an elegant
0: solution Agreed Agreed Next one. Uh, Paper Camera says, with the shift away from traditional Grand Prix, do you think we'll see a team from outside of Western Europe? Could we, uh, for instance, see a Middle Eastern country buy a team to relocate somewhere in the Gulf or even further east? Would the cost cap make this more or less likely?
1: So like Saudi Arabian Prince owns Ferrari, right? Uh, Owns McLaren. Yeah, there kind of already is. It's the Bahraini royal family, it's
2: I think. Bahraini yeah. Bar- yeah. Bar- yeah. Bar- Bar- royal family. Bar- yeah. Bar- yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there's been rumors this <clears throat> week that Arab which is the Saudi Arabian uh, state owned oil company, was, sorry, not state owned, but Saudi Arabian oil company was supposedly going to be taking over the Patrona sponsorship of Mercedes, but that's sort of been squashed yes. now. I
0: don't
2: know where um, that came from. It's yeah. Like but. I do think that's totally possible. Like you only got to look at the kind of sponsors in F one to see that there's a lot of um, Middle Eastern money um, in the sport.
1: There is. I think the I, problem though is the. I mean, there's a reason why a lot of them are based in Britain. Is the this is motorsport? This is Formula One country. The Formula One industry yeah. has been based in the UK for so long that all of the a lot of the engineering talent is quite concentrated within mm-hmm. the within this within quite the small space if you like i'm not saying that you know i'm not saying that every formula one engineer and, and talented only one individual is based in the uk you only have to look at the driver list to, to see that that's not necessarily the case but when all the factories are here and when a lot of the logistic a lot of the packaging for formula one is based in the country as chris looks around for his dog <laughs> um <laughs> It doesn't make sense to just up sticks, rebuild a wind tunnel out in the in the middle of the desert and and run the entire thing from there. There's a reason it works quite well from here, and it's because you can get anywhere in the world really, really easily from. But actually, saying that that's not necessarily true because I suppose you've got Qatar and you've got um, yeah, there's a lot of like... places like that where you can get around the world really easily from those places too. But just. As a as a hub for Formula One, its location on the planet I think works quite well for the UK because you can get across the states quite quickly. Yeah, and you can yeah, all the I way th- around Europe really easily. I, as I well. think
0: the the centralized element of um, I mean time zone is not necessarily the point here, but like that sort of centralized element of you can you just head east or west. Do you know what I mean? Like
1: yeah, exactly. It's quite at, quick at some point, to get it, it, if you're ba- you based in the
0: states to. or you're based in the Middle East or something like that ultimately you're going to have some very long haul situations. Whereas a lot of the races held are obviously European and that's quite tight knit in terms of distance and stuff. So I think it's the central element, which is why Ferrari have never really had a problem running out of Italy as an example and Toro Rosso Alfa Tauri never did Mm -hmm. because it's, it's as central as Britain. Um, yeah,
1: give or take a couple of hours going, yeah. up, going the other way, then yeah. it's probably I, easier for those guys to get around Europe than it is for us, actually, especially yeah. at the moment. Yeah. But um I think
2: even simpler than that as well. Like if you needed to build up an F1 team, like where's it gonna be easier to employ people with that skill set? Yeah. Like the Middle yeah, exactly. East or Banbury <laughs> Like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's such a like concentration. Answer, if you're wondering, <laughs> yeah, like it, it's it's not coincidence that the German Formula One team is based in the middle of England. The French Formula One team is based in the middle of England. The American one is semi based there. Like it's it's just yeah, where the Austrian one, yeah, yeah. Like the only yeah. teams really that aren't are Ferrari Haas. and even Has have got Sauber. like half operation here. It's basically yeah. Sauber and um, Ferrari, I think.
1: Yeah, and um, uh, uh, Alfa Tauri, yeah. Alfa Yes, Tauri. yeah, of
2: course. Um, But even they are reliant kind of on Red Bull up to a point who are also yeah, based true. here. So I, yeah. I very much can see... So sort of go back to the question. I can definitely see ownership of a team coming from that part of the world in the future. Yeah. I don't think they would go as far as to actually move the operation
0: out there. I mean, you, you could get... You could do the same sort of thing as what teams like Red Bull and Mercedes do, which is you can have a racing operator's license for the country you wish to represent. Yeah, but exactly. Still ba- base your headquarters yeah. in Britain, which is what yeah. those teams do. Yeah, definitely. So, if that's, that's why you get
1: the German national anthem playing a yeah. the time race.
0: And the Austrian the, for Red Austrian Bull and also mm-hmm. Red
1: Bull. Yeah. Uh, next one, Joe Silk says With the amount of winding corners in Austin and the unpredictable results we've seen in the wet this year, how good would this race be in the wet? We've ne- yeah, we've never had rain at Cota, have we, I don't yeah. think. Very good would be my answer to Yeah, that. All, I all mean, All races, yeah. just any race in the wet is always good, unless it's, what is it? Uh, i forgotten the name of the country, but B- Belgium. <laughs> Somebody, bah, yeah, bah. well, no, we're talking about races history.
0: Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs>
2: Cota as a circuit is used a lot as well throughout the year, so I imagine there's an awful lot of stuff on the surface, that track <laughs> that would be a nightmare to drive on in the wet as
1: well. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but being as it's in a desert, I mean, pretty much a desert. I
0: yeah. mean, they do get they do get some pretty torrential weather in that part of the world. You'd be surprised. It's very but like it's
1: a hot part of Texas. Hot
0: it's, yeah, it's I yeah, think it's a but, place of extremes, isn't it? It's like yeah, they've they get extreme downpours at the wrong if you're there at the wrong time of yeah.
1: year. Haven't we had like mad rain there in the past? And then there was like rivers running down the pit. Oh, actually, stuff. yeah, we had yeah, a yeah, we yeah, had it a,
0: mean, out. a It was a free practice that got cancelled. Yeah, or something, it was. I think wasn't it?
1: No, yeah, wasn't
2: it qualifying? Did we have paper... qualifying on Sunday morning? But he was no, qualifying. at yeah. the next morning.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So it's totally possible. Yeah, um, Went race would be rad, though. It, they always are great. I mean, it's a simple answer to that question. Mercedes Turn the sprinklers on and have a great time.
2: Mercedes will be very much hoping for a dry race this weekend, though. I would yes. have thought so. Big time. Yeah. Um, Big
1: time. Final question
2: from Lou Colella. Do you think that we'll get an announcement this week on Andretti's takeover of Sauber? And do you ultimately think that's a net positive for the sport if they do? Um, it's gone a little bit quiet in the last week or so, hasn't it, that? Um, yeah, but am going to announce it. America, Surely this is the race to do it. Yeah, I, I've, you know, it's only Monday as I record this. I just sort of feel like if it was going to happen, we'd have seen the rumours building a bit more steam and they seem to have sort of stagnated a bit the last week. But a lot <laughs> can happen in a few days' time.
1: A lot can happen in a few hours' time. Like, yeah, they could announce it tomorrow yeah. morning after we've I, recorded this. Yeah, we'll have it on faces. So yeah, um, guaranteed, guaranteed.
2: Is it a positive for the sport? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and- Andretti's a big name in motorsport, um,
1: and Sauber aren't really Sauber anymore. They're all for- partnered with Ferrari. Like, well, it's still core the
0: core team's the same. Like the staff, the staff is fundamentally still of the same
1: place. Is, is is Peter Sauber at the top of that company? I I
2: think he stepped back. um, Not not in terms of the the company was taken over. I think he just like handed on the baton, sort of thing.
0: Peter Sauber stepped back the last time when um, they went to that blue livery, and there was that. There was the oh, like the the Chelsea logo on it. Longbow Finance
2: is who that was.
0: Uh, Thank you. Oh wow! Uh, they, They took it from Peter, I believe. And he's not been part of it since then because Benicia Coltonborn had a semi-controlling oh. stake along with Peter Sauber. Yeah. And they both sold their stakes to Longbow, I believe, yeah. is the logistics of how that deal went down. I remember that so, because I
2: mean- they're um, they were a... Kind uh, of the specific country, but it was a Scandinavian finance company, and like Longbow Finance is one of the more Scandinavian <laughs> names you can think of. Yeah, yeah, big
1: time. Yeah, I think with all that knowledge, then I think to me, Sauber, if if if, if Sauber were to become, well, if Alpha Romeo were to become Andretti, that's Alpha Romeo were as much Sauber as Red Bull or Jaguar. Because it's completely different ownership. It's still sober. The
2: sober motorsport still exist as their own company, and they yeah. they build the cars, they run oh, okay. the team. The Alfa Romeo stuff's kind of just a badge, to be honest. They've rebadged oh, okay, it you fool. They've
1: um, re- <laughs> rebadged it you fool. I'm so, not driving a Mini Metro. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can I can see them ending up being called something like Andretti Sober, um, but that'd be nice. I mean, that yeah, would be nice reading, seeing two it? names of the sport together. Thing. Either way, though, I think it's 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 a I think it's a good thing. Um, I don't think the Alfa Romeo name is particularly adding that much to
1: F1. And I don't think F1 would particularly miss that name. Well, it's just a badge, isn't it? Yeah, it's just... And nothing else, really. Yeah, and I don't what, think... What, what Alfa... relation have they got to Alfa Romeos on the road? If you, you see an Alfa Romeo Re... yeah. driving down the road, you don't think, oh, they've got a Formula yeah, 1 just Yeah, it's... That's I, I, a, I don't know I'm surprised I expect Kimi <laughs>
0: Raikkonen to let me go at the lights when <laughs> I see an Alfa Romeo... <laughs>
2: Oh, I'm going to... do you think we'll get exactly the same adverse but with Bottas
1: next year yeah. <laughs> there's, Actually, a, there's no. a reason why he lets him go is because it's stalled and he can't get it started again. <laughs> it's
0: broken down it's an alpha <laughs>
1: no Bottas would just look at you and then just drive out and
2: are <laughs> <laughs> eating his porridge as he drives
0: <laughs>
2: and an um, espresso yeah I, I still can't buy into the whole rumors of them like bringing an IndyCar driver over for the second seat. I, in the future, yes, but I think next season's too soon to do that,
0: personally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you'd have to check S's points as well. Yeah. I
2: think technically Colton Hurt has not got enough, but with the whole like COVID
1: allowances they've been doing, they might be able to wrangle it. But yeah. Also, the funny thing about that is for me, the one driver is going to IndyCar tend to do really, really, really well. But yeah. does that mean that if an IndyCar car goes to Formula One that they'd do terribly because everyone in Formula One is so much quicker than
2: them? well I don't see even that. Like, as far as I know, like Colton Hurst is the name that gets mentioned the most. And to my knowledge, he's never been near an F1 car. And it's just like the idea that he'll just be able to like fly over and step in and be an F1 driver. And that's which is why I don't think they will do it next year. I think they'll like Get him some test time over the next year and maybe bring him in for like 2023 or something if that's the route they want to go down. But yeah. it, yeah, it's like they're two very, very different things to drive, and you don't just step into one. You know, obviously, Grosjean's done well going from F1 to IndyCar, but it took him a little bit to get there, and he was but able is- to do a lot more testing pre season than an uh, IndyCar drive will be able to do
1: before an F1 season. Yeah, like I think I, I was being disparaging there by the way, I don't think that. IndyCar drivers are all rubbish compared to Formula One drivers. I'm sure some IndyCar drivers could come over and do great in Formula One and others do terrible, just like Growjohn's gone over, not done great in Formula One in recent years and then gone over to IndyCar yeah. and, and done great. There's you know, Lewis Hamilton could go over to IndyCar and do an absolutely rubbish job for all we know. Yeah. It's just a yeah, it's just a mad equation, is it? Very different cars that. to drive. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I think that wraps us up for this week, doesn't it? It does. I think so. Yeah. So thank you to everyone who has joined us. A special thank you to our patrons who join us live each week to listen. Um, If you're interested in getting involved in any of that, you can head to patreon.com forward slash backofthegrid. If you'd like to find us on social media, we are backofthegridf1 on Twitter. Uh, You can find us on Facebook by search for backofthegrid. And you can head to backofthegrid.com where there's things like the contact form to get in touch. And you can also uh, join the Predictions League, as we were saying earlier. Uh, That is it for this week. So we hope you all enjoy the USGP and we'll see you next week to break it all down. Bye everyone.
1: Bye. Goodbye. And sorry. (laughs)